Today's read, Akata Witch, written by Nnedi Okorafor, chapter 19, Under the Hat. It wasn't hard to find, even in the rain. Trouble is never hard to find. All they had to do was follow the line of cars. It started where the funky train dropped them off and led them to the shiny, spotless gas station. They huddled under Sunny's large black umbrella as they walked, the umbrella she once used to protect herself from the sun. What's the point, Sasha asked. These people will probably get stuck in the mud on the way home. These are all lambs. I think the fuel station is selling really cheap, Chi-Chi said. So, Sasha said, frowning, is it really worth it? Fuel is hot enough to find, Chi-Chi said. Cheap fuel is gold. She paused. I wonder if having people around helps with whatever Black Hat is planning. Probably, Olu said. They were almost there. Stop. Wait, Olu paused. Cross the street. Hurry up. They waited for two cars and a truck to zoom by, which splashed them with water. Quickly, they scrambled across the street and stood in a muddy parking lot. Ugh, Chi-Chi said, slicking muddy water from her arms. How rude is that? Doesn't matter now, Sunny said. We're already soaked. What is it, Olu? Sasha asked. I don't know, Olu said. As we were getting closer, I kept feeling. You know, when I undo things, it's not always voluntary. Something there, Titi said. Protecting the place from leopard people? I think so, Olu said. You didn't feel anything? But you can undo it, right? Sasha asked. I'm scared, he said simply. Sonny felt sick. Olu was a proud person. For him to admit this was serious, he let out a deep breath. If I do this, everything starts. I know it. Then do it, Sasha said. That's what we're here for. What about the element of surprise, Sunny asked. She was thinking about how surprise had helped her team score its first goal. You can't always get things the way you want them, Chi-Chi said. We'll be like cowboys walking into a bar full of criminals, Sasha said, laughing almost hysterically. He had a crazy look in his eye. Forget surprise. Let's just go in here. We've all got big guns. He took out his juju knife. Sunny, Chi-Chi, and Olu did the same. Like the team they were, they clicked their knives together. As the knives touched, they seemed to become one thing, one being made of four people. They all jumped back and looked at each other. Let's go then, Olu said quickly. Sunny closed her umbrella, dug its point into the mud, 
and left it behind. They held their juju knives ready. People watched from the dry comfort of their cars. Several frowned, blinked, and wiped their eyes. Sonny could imagine what they saw. Four kids, one who seemed to glow because of her albino skin. One moment, the kids' faces looked like ceremonial masks and their motions utterly changed. The next, they were just kids again. More than a few people drove off. Some, not wanting to lose their places in line, moved their cars up to take the spots, killed the engines, and fled. Others sank down in their seats, but not so much that they couldn't see what was about to go down. When the four of them got within a few yards of the gas station, Orlu stopped, a nauseated look on his face. Suddenly, he started moving grasping, slicing, chopping, punching at the air with both his free hand and his juju knife. He was fighting with something. Gradually, he fell to his knees, still fighting. Can we help? Sasha shouted. Orlu didn't answer. Sonny had never seen him move his hand and his juju knife so fast. He was like Bruce Lee, except Orlu didn't look so confident. Then she felt it, a very slight shift in space, as if they were all moved forward by about a foot. Hey, did you see that? Someone exclaimed from behind them. What? Someone else shouted. I'm getting out of here. More cars started. Several screeched away. In front of them, people still pumped gas. A gang of men came running out of the station, and there was a loud sucking sound. Olu fell flat on the soaked concrete. Olu! Sonny shouted. He'd rolled onto his back, breathing heavily. Help me up, he wheezed. Sasha and Sonny pulled him up. He felt very warm, steam rising from his wet clothes. He leaned on them, rubbing his eyes, otherwise... He seemed okay. He looked to the side of the gas station and pointed and said it. You see it? There. Before, there had been only an empty lot full of trash and weeds. Now, in the middle of the trash and weeds was a patch of tall, wild grass and an obi. It wasn't a normal obi. It had the usual thatch roof, but it was held up by steel pillars. There were drawings burned into the metal. Inside, they could just make out a large man and two small shapes on the floor. Lightning flashed across the sky, followed a second later by a bone-shaking crash of thunder. Sunny jumped clutching Orlu tightly. Now he held her up. The storm's right above us, he said. This 
is where it is. A green-yellow blur streamed out of the obi and came rushing right at them, chirping and squawking. Sunny wiped her face to make sure she was really seeing a flock of angry-looking parakeets. Bush souls, Sasha shouted. I see them, Chi-Chi said quickly, holding up her knife. The flock undulated and rolled around the trees, spiraling at them. There are five. Hey, you kids, someone shouted. Where are you going? It was one of the thugs from the gas station store. Olu broke into a sprint, and Chi-Chi, Sasha, and Sunny did the same. We're going in, Olu shouted. We'll cover you, Sasha said. Sunny saw Sasha whirl around and slash at something, a gash appearing on his arm, just as he disappeared in the hail of green-yellow birds. Chi-Chi threw some sort of juju at another black shadow and then was covered by flying parakeets too. Before Sunny could figure out how to defend herself, something cold hit her in the head. Everything became redness and pain. Then Olu was shaking her and dragging her on. She fought through the lingering pain. They ran for the obi. She could see the shapes now. They were children, toddlers, lying on the floor, one in a dress and one in shorts with no shirt, so small and innocent, and perhaps dead. They stepped into the obi. Her eyes met those of the man who had murdered her grandmother. Black Hat Otokoto had dark, smooth, shiny skin, arm muscles so thick they pushed at his clothes, and a barrel of a potbelly. His chubby-cheeked face was unsmiling, and his eyes were set deep between folds of fat. He sneered at her, and she nearly dropped her juju knife. This is the last effort. (laughs) He laughed, turning away, as if they were nothing. He began drawing something with chalk around the children. Behind them, Sunny could hear Sasha and Chi-Chi making their way over as they fought the bush souls, fled the birds, and worked jujus to hold back black hats thugs. You come any closer, and you'll ruin what's already in motion. Then I'll have to slaughter you two instead of just these children. Get outside, Black Hat said. Then he seemed to be speaking to someone else. You all may leave too. These kids are harmless. Go watch for real threats, he said. All the commotion and squawking behind Sunny instantly stopped as the bush souls obeyed. Even his thugs went back to the gas station. Sasha and Chichi came running in. What the hell have you done? Chichi shouted the minute she saw the children. You evil bastard! Sasha took one look at the children, pulled something out of his pocket, and blew into it. It was the conscious shell he'd bought from Junkman. It's deep, guttural sound made Sonny's head vibrate. 
Come now, Sasha shouted. Take Otokoto's blood. Every insect in the area obeyed as if they knew the world depended on it. The air grew black with them, all trying to bite, sting, or defecate on Black Hat. Taken by surprise, Black Hat screamed and staggered back. Olu and Sunny each grabbed a child. Sunny got the boy. He was limp in her hands, his skin cold. He was dead. Black Hat shouted something in a language she didn't understand, and all the insects fell to the ground, dead. He raised a hand, and Sasha's shell dissolved into dust. He glared at Chi-Chi and Sasha. You're as pathetic as suicide bombers, Black Hat said. You die for nothing. Sasha brought his juju knife up, and Black Hat laughed, doing the same. Olu and Sunny took off with the children. When they reached some bushes a few yards away, they put them down. They're not alive, Sunny said, frantically wiping rainwater from her face. They're dead. We're too late. They're dead. We, Sasha. Shut up, Olu hissed. Just go. Go. Help the others. She moaned when she looked toward the Obi where Sasha and Black Hat were having some sort of juju battle. Sasha was slowly sinking to the ground as a white cloud hovered around him, but he still held his knife. She couldn't see Chi-Chi. They're dead, she shouted. We're all going to die. Why did we come here? Olu knelt in the mud beside the children. He put his knife down and clapped his wet hands loudly. He pushed his sleeves back, shook out his hands, and wiped his face. Lightning flashed immediately followed by the bellow of thunder and heavier rain. Olu, what are we going to... Olu? He had a faraway look on his face. The same one he'd had at the Zuma festival when he handled the masquerade. He began rocking back and forth, drawing symbols in the mud with his finger. They melted back into the mud seconds later. Go, Olu said calmly, not looking at her. These children are dead. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have to do it alone. She turned, about to flee. Wait, he said. Pull out one of your braids. She yanked one out. She was in such emotional shock she didn't feel the pain. The hair of one who walks between, he said, taking it. Now go. She had no plan. The rain was now a deluge. The children were dead. Black Hat was killing Sasha. Where was Chi-Chi? Sunny stepped into the obi just in time to see a bolt of red lightning shoot from Black Hat's juju knife and slam into Sasha's chest. 
he went flying out of the obi into the rain, skidding backward in the mud. Then he was still. Sasha, she screamed in her head. She grasped her juju knife. She had no intention of using it to work juju. She was going to bury it in Black Hat's back. I am a princess of Nim, Chi-Chi screamed, standing at the front entrance. She slashed her knife from left to right and shouted some words in epic. She stabbed her knife hard on the concrete floor of the obi. Sparks flew, but it did not break. This charm is from Sunny's grandmother, Ozoemena, to my mother, to you, Black Hat Otokoto. Black Hat stared at Chi-Chi, as if seeing her for the first time. Chi-Chi nodded, a wild look on her face. Then the colors came, red, yellow, green, blue, purple. They blasted Sunny with heat as they flew past and went right for Black Hat. As they whirled around him, he shrieked. Past sins will always come back to haunt you, Chi-Chi said. Black Hat shrieked and shrieked, smoke rising from his skin, his clothes catching fire as the colors harassed him. One of his ears fell to the ground. Chi-Chi scrambled to the side as he ran out of the obi into the rain. The drops of water hissed and vaporized as they made contact with his skin, but then his screams changed to laughter. It was an awful, awful sound. You can kill me, he said, his voice gurgling. He coughed wetly and laughed again. I am but a vessel. You're too late. (laughs) He threw his head back and shouted, He grinned at Chi-Chi, his mouth all teeth now. No, Sonny shouted as Black Hat brought his knife to his neck and slit his own throat. Just needed one more death, he said in his gurgling voice. He fell over gouts of blood and life pouring out of him. Silence. Sunny met Chi-Chi's eyes and even in the rain she could tell Chi-Chi was crying. Suddenly the ground shivered with the most terrifying beat she had ever heard. Thum, thum, thum. Sunny! Chi-Chi shouted, help me! She'd run to Sasha and was trying to drag him back into the obi. It's too late, Sunny shouted over the deep beat. It came from within everything around them. She grabbed under Sasha's armpits. Chi-Chi took his legs. They hauled him in. Then Chi-Chi knelt beside him and checked his pulse. He's alive, she said, her eyes wide and twitching. Outside with each beat, the mud rose into a higher and higher mound. 
Oh God, she's coming, Sunny moaned. Buck up, Gigi said, looking angry. Where's Olu? Out there, she said, with the children on the other side, near the bushes. She couldn't tear her eyes from what was happening. The heavy downpour was causing the ground to flood. The thunder and the lightning had become one, but nothing drowned out the steady drumbeat of the masquerade. The mound was now three feet high, pushing aside Black Hat's body as it rose. Chi-Chi cursed, patting Sasha's wet cheek. Sasha, wake up! She pushed his eyes open. Only the whites showed. The termite mound was six feet high now. Termites buzzed from it, but the rain beat them into the mud. Something enormous was coming through. It looked like the leaves of a dead, dry, crackling palm tree tightly packed together. They crackled more when the rain hit them. Chi-Chi held Sasha's hand and then took Sunny. He's done it, she said. We've failed. Sunny was speechless, frozen with terror. A monstrosity was growing before her eyes. The Aku masquerade was nothing compared to Aquansu. She was of such deep evil that her name was rarely spoken, even in the lamb world. As her monstrous form grew, she gave off a smell, an oily, greasy smell, like car exhaust. Aquansu was over 100 feet high and 50 feet wide. She was all tightly packed, dried palm fronds. Pull him back, Chichi suddenly said. Get back. What are we going to do? Sunny asked as they dragged Sasha to the middle of the obi. Pray, Chichi said. No use running. For over a minute, the horrifying thing that was Aquansu just stood there. Then there was a heavy gust of wind, and Aquansu slowly began to fall. When she hit the ground, water and mud spurted in all directions. The two girls huddled over Sasha. Chi-Chi wiped the mud from his face so that he wouldn't suffocate. The drum beats stopped. So did the thunder. Sunny wiped mud from her arms, legs, and face and slowly stood up. Is it dead? she whispered. She hoped. Maybe Black Hat hadn't performed the juju properly or maybe he'd done things prematurely. But then the flutes began to play. It was a haunting tune that made her want to tear off in the other direction, screaming. It was the tune of nightmares. It was fast and melodious and full of warning like the song of a sweet-throated bird happily leading the devil into the room. Slowly at first, Aquansu started rotating, pulling up mud and soggy plants. Aquansu groaned a deep, thick sound that seemed to come from another place. She rotated faster and faster and faster. Soon the air was red with flying mud. Aquansu's wind rushed through the obi. She was spinning so fast that she was lifting back up. There she stood, whirling like a giant car wash brush. 
The flute music urged her into dance, and the drum beats started up again. Around the open area in front of the Obi, yards from the gas station, she danced, spraying mud and water and uprooted plants and hunks of grass. Akwansu let out a high-pitched scream as if to tell the earth she was back. And then everything shook so heavily with the deepness of the drumbeats that the Obi, even with its steel foundation, began to crumble. Sunny felt it deep inside her, just below her heart. A vibration, then a tug. She clutched her chest. She stood up. Her body felt tight and light. She felt strong. She realized that, above all things, she didn't want to die huddling away, afraid and helpless. She was going to go out there and face Akwansu. Damn the consequences. She'd often wondered how she'd react if she were in mortal danger. If held at gunpoint on the dark road during a carjacking, would she be able to look the thief in the eye and negotiate for her life? Or if she saw a child drowning in a raging river, would she jump in to save it? Now she had her answer. She gathered together everything she had learned over the past few months and walked out of the Obi. One step at a time, she approached Akwansu, who was so happy to be back in the physical world that she didn't notice Sunny until she was standing before her. On instinct, Sunny let her spirit face move forward. In that moment, her fear of everything left her. Her fear of Akwansu's evil of being flayed alive by the monster's fronds, of her family learning of her death, of the world's end, it all evaporated. Sunny smiled. She knew how the world would end. She knew that someday she would die. She knew her family would live on if she died right now, and she realized that she knew Akwansu. And Sunny hated her. Akwansu stopped dancing. She had no visible eyes, but she was looking down at Sunny, relaxing her shoulders and mind. Sunny let Anyanwu, her spirit, her chi, the name of her other self, guide her. her juju knife. Her motions were smooth. The world shifted. Suddenly, all things were more. They were in the tall grass in the rain, but they were in another place too, where colors zoomed about, where there was green. So much green. Aquansu howled and began to spin again faster than before. Sunny knew she had only one word to speak. She spoke it 
in a language she didn't even know existed. Return, she said. Akwansu shrieked and lashed out several fronds and smacked her to the side. She flew back, hitting a tree. Akwansu whirled faster, but no matter how fast Akwansu spun, she was sinking. Sunny struggled to her feet. As she watched Akwansu sink, she was reminded of the wicked witch of the West's death in the Wizard of Oz. Akwansu wasn't melting, but she looked like she was as she sank into the wet, red mud. Gone. Good, Sunny whispered.